Welcome to Self-Styled Life, the podcast designed to support professional women to aim high in their careers and create lives that are way beyond just fine. I'm Janelle Wiesack, a certified life and style coach. I also happen to have 30 years experience and counting in the corporate world. I've learned a thing or two over the years and today I support my clients to create tailor-made self-styled lives which they do using my signature framework that intentionally combines clarity, mindset and action. In these episodes I'll be sharing the concepts, tools and techniques to help you get clear and confident about the career and life you want, dance with your self-doubt and take the next step towards your dreams and goals. These same approaches have supported my clients to create incredible change in their lives My clients have tapped into their strengths, built their self-belief, and learned to live life their way. And now, it's your turn. You deserve more than a life that's fine. You deserve true fulfillment and days that feel fabulous. You deserve your very own self-styled life. Hello, hello, fabulous humans, and welcome to another episode of Self-Styled Life with me, Janelle Wiesack. As always, if you're a regular here, thank you so much for continuing to listen in. And if you're new here, welcome. We're so happy to have you listening along with us. I'm going to get straight into things today, because the truth is, this episode is a relatively vulnerable one for me. I also feel like it will lack the structure of a normal, said in inverted commas, of course, episode. But it feels really important that I share this story, because in case you happen to be thinking that I've got all of the things sorted, trust me when I say I am still very much on my own journey. For all of those new listeners here that I just welcomed a few seconds ago, please know that I do have lots of things sorted. And then there's everything else. And it's the everything else that's the reason that I'm convinced that I'll be working with my own coaches and mentors for basically, well, basically forever. Because the truth is, if you value growth, expansion and transformation, you'll uncover new areas to focus on all of the time. Which is a fact. And it's a fact that I was deeply disappointed to discover back in the day. Stick with me for a minute here while I digress. I'll never forget the convo that I had with my very first coach when I realised that I'd reached a new level but was still facing a whole lot of old and new devils. You see, I'd been working hard on improving every aspect of my life and career. I'd been diving into self-care and mindset and confidence and I'd been achieving amazing results. I was healthier than I'd ever been. I was leading the largest team that I'd ever led. I was earning more money than I'd ever earned. My relationships and friendships were next level. Basically, every dream I'd ever had was coming true. I thought that I had this life-slash-self-belief-slash-confidence thing nailed. And yet, there I was. Still me. More often than not, I was still facing new versions of old feelings. Like, I knew I'd grown and changed. But there were still things that made me feel self-doubt. And I'd assumed that one day, I'd completely eliminate self-doubt. Like, I wasn't a human or something. Because the truth is, self-doubt is completely normal and something we'll always encounter on an ongoing basis. But clearly, I didn't understand that then. So, because I like to work on things, I brought my thinking to my coach. While I remember the day that we had the convo, I can't remember the exact conversation itself. But knowing me, it probably went something like, So, 
I've been doing this growth and transformation stuff for a while now and well I thought that maybe by now I'd be further along. In fact I'd assumed we'd be finished because you know so many things have changed for the better in my life but I still feel ick when x happens and I really don't like it when y happens and I don't know what to do when z happens. And I still want to do all of the other things. Shouldn't I have this sorted by now? Because you know I've been working on this stuff for like ages. For the record I know my coach wasn't sipping water or tea or coffee or whatever on that day because if she had been she would have spat it out all over the place. She also managed to avoid laughing out loud which is something I still love her for. Maybe I heard her sigh and I guess she rolled her eyes but that was back in the days when coaching happened over the phone so I can't be completely sure. Anyway what I can confirm is that she calmly and gently pointed out a fact that at the time deeply offended me. What did she share? Well, she told me that my work on myself would never be done and that there would always be new things for me to face into. Basically, she confirmed that at every new level, old and new devils are an actual thing. And let me tell you, at the time, I was horrified. Okay, so maybe horrified is a bit strong, but I can't tell you how disappointed I was. I was sure that the work I'd been doing would fix all of the perceived problems I had about myself and I wasn't at all excited to learn that I still had plenty of work to do because, you know, none of us really love getting a new assignment that involves work. Of course, I didn't realise then that every version of you gets to face into challenges. If you think back, you'll recognise there have been many iterations of you so far. And if you're doing the work, you'll realise that those challenges get easier because you have better tools in your toolkit. Another one of my coaches talks about the fact that there are only so many problems that you can face into in life. So it makes sense that you have to recycle more than a few, which can be a helpful perspective, I think. Anyway, all of that was a very long entry into what I wanted to talk about today, which is a thing that has come up for me personally and recently in a very big way. And because I know that whenever I talk about my own learnings and challenges, it helps someone here, I wanted to share it with you today. One of my most popular posts on Insta, on the website, anywhere basically, talks about what would happen if we didn't downplay all of the things. Well, my new realisation has to do with backing ourselves and what I've learned from this recent moment. A moment that saw me giving my power away, letting myself doubt lead and choosing not to back myself. Whichever way you look at it, I've had a long and successful career in corporate. I've done all sorts of roles, every one of which I grew in. I've led small teams and frankly massive teams. I was once described as an empire builder. I'm not entirely sure that the human who described me as that was meaning it as a compliment, but I certainly took it as one. I'm a natural team builder, and even when I try to keep my team small, they seemingly grow of their own accord. I have over 30 years experience in retail finance. I'm highly educated, and I've taken so much training over the years. I split the three because they're all very different, and they all add to the skill set and the mindset that I show up with day to day. If I was asked to name my work superpower, it's the fact that I know how to take hard, complicated things and make them easier for others to understand. And despite being able to discuss and describe all of this quite openly, there's been a time recently where I simply did not back myself. So let me give you some context to this little story. 
Way back in 2018, the organisation that I work for decided it was time to undertake a large-scale transformation. At that time, I was running the teams responsible for implementing projects into businesses. My teams had delivered all sorts of innovative projects and it made sense that we'd be absorbed into the transformation environment. Despite all of my experience, everything in the space seemed interesting and new. We scaled our teams with humans who worked on programs like this all of the time. For the first time in a very long time, I felt like a newbie, which was refreshing in a way. But unfortunately, I did the one thing my popular post encourages others to avoid. I downplayed my knowledge, my experience and my skills. Now I need to be clear here, I'm not referring to me deferring to any one single human. 75% of the humans I work with are new to our organisation. They're the sort of people who move from gig to gig, working on programs like this for a living. And I listened to every single one of them. I doubted the fact that I had anything to add and assumed that everyone else knew more in the space than I did. Because of this, I went against my instincts, and more than once. And this led to a whole bunch of things happening that I really wasn't overly pleased with. It saw me restructuring teams and setting up systems that I knew deep down were unlikely to work. We've managed to work through all of those things, mostly because my teams are filled with fabulous humans. But I have to tell you, I slowly started spending a fair chunk of time questioning the various approaches that have been put in front of me mostly because the majority of them haven't really worked. Which isn't to say they've been complete failures, but nobody would be jumping up and down, patting people on the back or suggesting that they've been brilliant successes. And I've also been quietly questioning whether I actually had things all that wrong in the first place. And here's where the story gets entertaining. Because in the last few weeks, we've had more teams come into the business, this time suggesting we implement a structure that looks remarkably similar to the one that I set up back in 2018. Okay. If I'm being really honest, my first reaction was anger, not at all of the humans that have joined the organisation in the past few years. Nope, they've all been genuinely well-intentioned, recommending things that they'd seen work in the past. Nope, my anger was directed at me. I mean, for goodness sakes. I've had 30 years experience in corporate and I've trained as a self-belief coach. I know the organisation I work for inside and out, which makes sense when I got my first job there when I was only 17 years old. Why on earth did I not make more of a stand for things that I knew wouldn't work? Well, the answer's pretty simple. I'm human. And like any human, no matter where they are on their journey and how much work they've done on developing themselves in the past there are always things to learn. And our protective behaviours will always pop up to protect us from psychological risk. Risks like disappointment, failure, rejection and judgement, the sort of risks that I was most likely trying to protect myself from when I chose to defer to the many and varied views of all of my new colleagues. Now, because I know all of this, my anger lasted approximately 17 seconds, long enough for me to register it, and decide that it would make an excellent podcast topic. Which leads us to the big questions. What did I do next? And how can you learn from my self-doubt moment? Well, because I'm me, the first thing I did after this realisation was grab my journal and capture as much about the situation as I could. How I felt when I was deferring to others, how I was feeling about things now, 
what I wished I'd done, what I could have done differently, all of those kind of things. I find that stories can go round and round in my head if I don't either write them out or talk them out. And I find that a lot of my self-talk is just variations on a couple of themes when I actually do sit down and write them out. There's never as much to journal on as I think there will be. The next thing I did was decide that I was not going to beat myself up. I know I was well-intentioned when I took on the myriad of advice I'd been given. I did so thinking that I'd be delivering better outcomes if I followed the guidance. And given I have no ability whatsoever to change the past, I focused on the future. And because I don't want to make the same mistake twice, this time around I followed my own coaching model. Once I had clarity from the journaling, I started working on my mindset and then I took action. In terms of mindset, I concentrated on reminding myself of the things that I did know and the skills and experience that I do have. And as for action, well, there were no baby steps for me this time. I was straight into the game, speaking up, directing traffic and reshaping things wherever I felt it was right. One other thing I did was share my realisation with my leadership team. We lead shoulder to shoulder, so it felt right to share the reflections and realisations I'd been having and the decisions I'd made. If only so they wouldn't get a fright when I suddenly stepped back into a space that I'd seemingly deserted. Now before I get to the things I think you can learn from my self-doubt, I want to share one final thing on this topic. The topic that I decided would be so excellent after 17 seconds of anger. The truth is, my protective behaviours popped up again when I was writing the outline for this episode. I've trained in this stuff. I coach on this stuff. My brain was very keen to point out all of the reasons I shouldn't share this story. The big one was, who wants to work with a coach who still, in capital letters, has self-doubt? And the answer was, well, me. Because today I know we're always learning and growing and facing challenges. And I'd rather work with a coach who is still in the game, learning, evolving and growing with me, as opposed to someone who wants to tell me they have all of the things sorted. Because, as my original coach pointed out, the work is never done. But honestly, none of that really matters, because my hope is that by sharing my story, I inspire you to learn from my thinking by choosing to back yourself, even when your self-doubt and protective behaviours are getting in the way. And here are a few other ways I think you could learn from my experience. Number one, we're always learning and growing. The work is never done. Number two, it's okay to make mistakes. It's what you do next that matters. Number three, be gentle with yourself. Humans aren't designed to get things right all of the time and beating yourself up won't make a scrap of difference to the past. Number four, journaling can help you get all of the swirling thoughts out of your head so that you can make sense of them. Number five, Deciding what you will do next comes from the special combination of clarity, mindset and action, otherwise known as my signature framework for self-styling your life. you think I might have followed it. Number six, it's okay to acknowledge your learnings to your team and wider with all of you in my case. Number seven, listening to your gut or instincts rarely lets you down. If you find yourself acting against what your gut is telling you, it's probably a good time to stop and ask yourself why you think others know better than you do or whether you have experience or skills that could be included in the mix rather than being discounted. And that feels like the right way for me to end this particular episode, so I'm skipping the recap. 
Besides, I've been going way longer than I normally would and I need to be respectful of your time. Thank you, as always, for listening in. I'm so glad you're here and I really hope this episode is supportive for you. I'll be back really soon with another episode of Self-Styled Life. But until then, please, please stay fabulous. Bye for now.